The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast. We are presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. And yeah. We even have a show for you on 4th of July. Because what's more American than talking about the NFL and betting on NFL games? The answer is nothing. So while you're drinking your beer and eating your hot dog, make sure you're listening to the Even Money podcast or watching us, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And if you're too busy 4th of July, that's fine. Just watch or listen July 5th or July 6th. Or whatever. You got plenty of time. You can check me out on social media. I love those of you that do. At Ross Tucker NFL. Even just a quote tweet is huge. Or TikTok. At Ross Tucker NFL. Facebook. Instagram. You can also follow the show's accounts. At Ross Tucker Pod. That's where we post the best of the best from all of our shows. And speaking of the best of the best. That's who I'm joined by every single week. The great Steve Fezzik. Check him out on social media at Fezzik Sports. The only two-time winner of the Super Contest at the Westgate. When are you going to win that thing again, by the way, Steve? It's kind of been a while. This year. I do. Of course, I say that every year. Another thing I do every year is on July 4th, I have a left at blue. I kick back and I watch the movie Meatballs with Bill Murray which is one of the greatest hot dog eating contests in it. So definitely check it out. Old school, meatballs. Ross, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You know what I love about you, Steve? I haven't seen meatballs in a long time. I love your affinity for 80s movies. Like, you love 80s. And you know what? You go back and watch them, and the stuff they say and show... They could never, ever get away with now. It was just a different time. And I bet you our guest today, who's another one of the the, uh, the, the Fezzik Society of guys that Steve endorses, recommends, I bet you he likes 80s movies as well. It's Rob Vino. You can check him out on social media 
and you should at Rob Vino Sports. Rob, it's Ross and Steve. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, guy. Thanks for the invite. And uh, two things, real quick, just listening to you guys intro the show. First off, I won't enter the Superbook contest this year since I know Steve's going to win it already. So I could save my <laughs> money there. And secondly, 80s movies are great. I think, you know, I'd probably put it in the top three, if not number one. But Eddie Murphy's first 48 hours with Nick Nolte was one of my favorite movies of all time. So, uh, but I, maybe I'll give Meatballs a look, <laughs> Steve. We'll see what the I day just brings. like the theme song from 48 Hours. Yeah, you know, and I don't want to take up all of our time, but quick story um, where the busboys are concerned. I actually sat, they played at a club in New Haven, Connecticut, way back in the 80s before um, they became famous. And I actually sat at the bar and had a drink with all those guys. The drummer was a Dodgers fan. The two brothers lead vocals and I think guitar were Cardinal fans. So we had a little good Major League Baseball talk that night. I love it. Um, Rob, I always like to ask somebody first. We talked about this recently with Hitman. And Brad Powers, I'm always curious. So you're a professional better. This is what you do for a living. It is. So yeah. How, how, like, how'd you get your start and how long you been doing it? Ross, my start is strange. I'll tell you this. I was 17 years in the ceramic tile business that my father owned in Connecticut. I lived there the first 31 years of my life. And, you know, I, I was just married and, and we decided it was a struggle in Connecticut um, financially. So Las Vegas was booming. Had been to, on vacation there a few times. I moved there officially in 1991, January of 1991, with the idea that I was going to get a ceramic tile job with all the housing that was going up. However, it was the beginning of the Gulf War and they put a freeze on hiring in most places. Even with all my experience, I couldn't get a job. I answered an ad in the Las Vegas Review Journal and it wound up being a boiler room, guys. Um, it was horrendous. I stayed there for like a year. And after that, I, I began my own newsletter, much like you would consider winning points, sports reporter, gold sheet, any of those. And that developed into something that wound up being sold on the strip in all 33 sports books alongside of those. So from there, I got a lot of radio gigs, um, sports book appearances for radio and the rest is the rest. It's how I got connected to Steve. It's how I got connected to a lot of Las Vegas that's in this industry. Wow, that's amazing. And are, is, is the NFL your specialty, Rob? Or is there another um, sport that you are higher on? I think my favorite is college football. I think if I were to say specialty, I'd be you know, stretching it to the folks that are watching. I think your specialty is whatever you hit the highest percentage in that particular year. It goes up and down, right? Had a couple of years where NBA was terrific. And then the years where college basketball has been terrific. But my passion is for college football, really. And um, I cover the major five, NFL, college football, NBA, college hoop, and major league baseball. Other than that, it becomes too much, guys. Um, But those are the five that I stick to. My passion is Labatt Blue Light, Rob, because it's absolutely <laughs> delicious. If you want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends. Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All right. So, Rob, here we are. We're in early July. So, what we want to know is a guy like you, at, at this stage of the game, early July, what have you bet so far? Have you, do you have a pretty nice portfolio of futures, of season win totals, of week one bets? 
Even last week, Steve talked about four November bets he's already made. Uh, we're curious about some of the bets you've made, and then we'll get Steve's reaction as to as to whether or not he agrees. Well, let me preface it by saying this. I'm not a big future board player where NFL is concerned, although I'm coming around to it this year because of the three-week preseason. It seems like no starters play during the preseason anymore. You're not as fearful of injury taking somebody down when you've made a bet four months previous. So I did make, I'll give you some of the top ones that I made here. And I'll start, actually, let's go right to week one, guys, of the NFL season. And I think when you're looking at week one, this is just my opinion. You're looking for lines that, you know, I like to call runners. Lines that are going to just be far different come game day, week one of September, than what you believe they are now. So I went to the Jacksonville-Indianapolis game. And I've already made a play on Jacksonville minus three and a half because come game day, guys, there's no way this number is going to be three and a half once the public gets to it, right? Um, once the public gets to it, this game's probably going to close five, five and a half. Jacksonville's a huge bandwagon team where AFC South is concerned. And there'll probably be a huge play here for the public or what some like to call recreational betters. A um, couple of reasons why I did it. I, I like Jacksonville stability. Second season under Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence coming along just fine. I'd expect that offense to be even more explosive. There's reports that Calvin Ridley is absolutely tearing it up as the vertical threat that they need. And the Colts, you know, they're rebuilding here, right? New head coach, rookie quarterback, all kinds of things going on with Indianapolis. So you like the experience factor or let's say the stability factor right now with Jacksonville. I'm a fundamental handicapper. You won't hear me talk too much about so-and-so is 16-2 and since 1978 against another team. I like to bet the matchups on the field. And for me, there's a couple of huge ones here. Jacksonville's passing game against the Indy pass defense. Again, I already mentioned um, Calvin Ridley, but you add that to the first-round draft pick, Zay Flowers, to Christian Kirk, who they brought in, to Evan Ingram, who they um, put the franchise tag on. It's a great core receivers for Trevor Lawrence right now. You put them up against a Colts pass defense, pretty suspect at this point in time. Two brand new rookie corners on the, on the Indianapolis side. So I like that matchup. I like the fact that Lawrence is helped by an improved offensive line and a running game with Travis Etienne. You can't forget him in the passing game also. So fundamentally, I think Jacksonville has their edges. I think that um, when you look back, Trevor Lawrence went 45. How about this, guys? 45 of 52 in two outings last year versus the Colts. That's 86.5% completions. Could be, uh, it won't be 86.5, but he could do some damage here this season. And if I flip the coin, you know, I wasn't a big Anthony Richardson fan in college. I just didn't like his accuracy on all his passes. And he could be great down the road. But I think in your first outing against an NFL defensive coordinator, the stuff that they're going to be able to do um, against him with mixed coverages, blitzes, all that stuff, I like that advantage as well for the Jacksonville team. Um, three and a half to me seem cheap, guys, just because I believe it's going to be five, five and a half. So why, closing line value doesn't get you paid. <laughs> we know that for a fact. But I think here you're getting the best of the numbers. I laid three and a half with Jacksonville week one. Steve, what do you think? So I want to address the, uh, there's a trend out there that in week one NFL, if you bet division dogs, you do very well. And 
a big part of that is because of line moves that happen throughout the summer. So specifically, if you're going to play a divisional favorite, you don't want to play it three minutes before the game kicks off. You want to play it July 4th. You want to get at it before the lines move. The reason why these division dogs do so well is because these lines do tend to run and they do tend to go higher. And that's why this is the time of year to look for favorites. If you like them already, don't be laying five come September. Lay three and a half if you're going to get in on Jacksonville. It's interesting, uh, Rob, because I would never... Like I, 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 I have a really tough time laying three and a half because I just hate that number. But if it's going to go up to five or five and a half, then obviously that makes a lot more sense. I, I will just say from a football standpoint, there is a little bit of an edge for the Colts in the sense with a new coach, you don't really know what they'll do. They're going to hide it in the preseason. So Jacksonville will be going in a little bit blind, although I think everybody thinks it's Steichen. We'll just do the same stuff we did with Jalen Hurts the last year and a half, right? So people probably do have a pretty good idea of how Steichen's going to use Anthony Richardson. So I think that might be mitigated a little bit. I also think the best place to play best ball is DraftKings. It's bigger than ever with $10 million in guaranteed cash prizes up for grabs. Limited time, you can join DraftKings' largest best ball contest ever. What are you waiting for? Head to DraftKings app, sign up with code Ross, start playing best ball today. If you listen to the Fantasy Feast podcast, you know we're doing another best ball draft in July with me and Joe Dolan, my co-host, another one in August. Take advantage of any of our sponsors, including DraftKings, to get in on this best ball draft. It's so fun. Join the DraftKings $10 million best ball tournament You'll get your first entry back in DraftKings dollars only on DraftKings with code Ross. All right, Rob, one down. What else you got for us? I'm going to bring you a future, guys. And it's important that for the viewers or listeners of your show, Ross, to um, carefully read all of these futures because at first glance, they look the same and they're really not. And I'm going to lead you to one here. It's a future play that I bet on the Seattle Seahawks to earn a wild card berth at plus 240. It sounds similar to betting Seattle to make the playoffs, right? But it's specific. It's to earn a wild card berth. If you just bet Seattle to make the playoffs, that number universally pretty close is minus 120. That's a 360 difference between the two. So the reason why I took Seattle to earn a wild card berth is because you you can't win the division to cash this ticket. It looks on paper, at least as we sit here and talk July 4th, that San Francisco is a foregone conclusion to win the West. So we'll put Seattle in the wild card uh, category here. All the other odds win NFC championship. Um, I think they're ranked sixth out of seven teams that will make it into the playoffs, right? Seven teams from each conference get in, so they're rated sixth. So again, just be careful when you're reading the wording of these. I found an outlet that uh, offers this up. And Ross, we're privileged here in Pennsylvania to have enough outlets um, for online and legalized sports betting where we can get different numbers um, across the board. I think for Seattle, real quick, guys, aside from that, um, This is an improved football team. You know, general manager John Schneider and Pete Carroll made a decision 
last year that they're only going to draft character guys anymore. And I thought they killed it in the draft, to tell you the truth. First round, Devin Witherspoon, corner out of Illinois. Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver Ohio State, just to carry on. Zach Charbonnet, running back to help out out of UCLA. And in a uh, Derek Hall defensive end. And what I think was a steal, Mike Morris out of Michigan, who I think they're going to convert to defensive tackle from everything I read now. They put some weight on him um, to bulk him up a little bit and play interior defensive line. But we saw last year that with no expectations, Geno Smith ran this team really, really well offensively. Second year for him as starter. I like it. I think the offense is perked up a little bit. And I think the defense is going to be better here. So in a division where the Rams and the Cardinals seem to be going backwards, and in a conference where the NFC North is what it is, the NFC South is what it is, Philly and Dallas are really the only two you can depend upon, I think, at this point in time to make the playoffs. I think Seattle to earn a wild card berth at plus 240 was a really good advantage here. So I played that one. Um, I think Seattle could be a little bit of a surprise. Well, maybe they don't surprise this year because they surprised last year, but I think they'll be steady and make the playoffs as a wild card team. Hold on a second. They're minus 120 to make, to the, make playoffs, the playoffs. Yes. But plus 240 to be wild card? Right. So there's so that. Can- so what they're telling you, Rob and Steve, there's that much belief that they'll that they can win the division or that they'll win the division and i think ross it's that much belief that san francisco is going to win the division which would put seattle second i think the san francisco you check their odds across the board and everybody's in love with the 49ers this year coming back to um get into the nfc championship game so that's yeah, but probably I, guess what I'm gonna say is I, I think i think there's a decent chance i think i personally think there's a decent chance that seahawks do win that division yeah if, and then if they do, I'll rip the ticket. Cash. <laughs> yeah, if they do, I'll rip up the ticket. You're right. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you're creating a portfolio of bets, you can stack a couple bets that work very well together. May I propose, I like Robbie's plus 240 bet here for the wild card, but let's couple it. Let's play a uh, 49ers bet under 11 wins. So if the 49ers win the division, well, you could still win both, right? Yep. If the 49ers win 12, all right, you're going to lose your under 11 for, for the 49ers. But now that Seattle bet is looking like gold because you probably have a middle the size of a truck to drive it through. If Seattle just wins nine games, 10 games, 11 games, they're going to get a wild card more than likely, and you're going to cash that plus 240. So I like the combination of those two bets together. And should um, San Francisco – struggle and only and not get any quarterback play and only win eight or nine games and Seattle wins the division. Well, you got to win on the Niners under. Good point. That's interesting. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, I think it's a good point. I don't know the number um, on San Francisco to win less than 11 or 11 and a half, whatever there is. But if you're taking back a plus, you get two pluses on that. Um, I know most of the money's migrating towards San Francisco in a positive way. So perhaps you do get a pair of pluses and just sit back and, um, you know, See which one wins and cash. And if you do get both, if Seattle goes ten and eight and loses the division, or ten and seven, uh, no, ten and eight, and earns the wild card, then you do cash both. So, a good point, Steve. Yeah, I hate this eight, the seventeen, eight, eighteen week, seventeen game schedule. I can't keep it straight. At ten and seven, they, <laughs> but you know what? With the overtime rules, it could well be ten, six, and one. Also, awesome. Give us another one, Rob. 
Um, last one I'll throw at you here was an AFC bet to win the AFC championship. And I just thought the value was too good here, guys. It's the Ravens at plus 1100 to win the AFC. Um, you know, it's not that far fetched. Uh, the reality is that they could the way the NFL is. And, And one more thing, you know, we bet these things way early before the season even starts. So let me just go through a reason, some reasons why I took the Ravens. And I did see, guys, there is plus 1,200 out there too. So again, to the folks watching and listening, shop the best numbers. Um, you could find better, but I bet it at uh, plus 1,100. It's a highly motivated team. I have to believe it's a highly motivated team. Now that Lamar Jackson's there, and now that Todd Monken is there to run the offense, now that they've put receivers and a core of wide receivers around Lamar Jackson. I think the motivation is there for these Baltimore Ravens. Um, Todd Monken, just knowing him from college, he's known as an air raid guy, right? But you don't necessarily bring the air raid to the NFL, but you do bring a lot of spread offense. I think his will be very diverse. I think it'll be diverse in play calling. He provides explosiveness on all three levels because he throws the football backs out of the backfield, quick screens, intermediate, deep. So you get um, explosiveness on all three levels that maybe you didn't have with Baltimore prior to this. I think the run-pass balance guys will be fairly equal. Maybe it won't be 70-30 like his air raid stuff. It'd probably be somewhere around, you know, 55-45 because the backfield is good. Let's get into the injury stuff, right? They get J.K. Dobbins back this year to pair with Gus Edwards. That's a good backfield. Um, the wide receiving core that I mentioned earlier is going to be Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews at tight end. That's a good set of receivers. Almost the entire starting 22, whether it be returning to the team or coming off injury, comes back almost. I think it's most important that the elite defensive backfield is there. And if the offensive line returns four of the five starters, they did lose Ben Powers. I think Denver picked him up. Um, I think that when you look at uh, Lamar Jackson here in this particular offense, they may not run him as much. He may not have to uh, because there's more productivity out of the rest of the guys. Defensively, I just talked about the defensive back. I think the back seven, because when you look at that linebacking core, the back seven is as good as it gets in the NFL. Here's the last one that I looked deep into that sold me, guys. In the NFL, we know quarterback injuries are almost a certainty across the board. If Baltimore loses Lamar Jackson, the backup here, um, we saw actually almost win a playoff game last year against Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. Uh, They came close. They didn't win it, but they were that close without Lamar Jackson. If you look at the backups across the top, let's say other six contenders, if Kansas City does lose Patrick Mahomes at AFC championship time, Blaine Gabbert's your backup. If it happens to Cincinnati, Trevor Simeon is your backup. If it happens to Buffalo, Kyle Allen is your backup. The Jets, Zach Wilson, and the Chargers, Easton Stick. Um, You know what? I take my chance with Tyler Huntley over all those guys. So, you know, again, it's a little bit of projection. It's a little bit of guesswork. All these futures are. But I thought the Ravens at plus 1,100 was really worth a shot here considering the talent on the roster and considering the motivational factor. And, of course, if injury happens to quarterback here, um, Baltimore's in better shape than any of them, I think. Steve, what do you think? You know, I would far prefer, and we spoke last week about being bullish on Baltimore, 
but I prefer playing the over 10 season win number. And the reason being is, and maybe I'm just being biased too much here. How many times do I have to see Lamar Jackson and company when they make the playoffs? It seems like the NFL that, that, that tricked up offense, and maybe it won't be that way anymore where when teams have seen it a few times or they got enough tape on and they can focus on it, that offense just hasn't worked in the playoffs. And maybe Robbie brings up some great points that uh, now they got wide receivers and maybe this will be more of a playoff offense. I got to see it though, before I invest my money. Well, it's definitely a new offense. There's no debate about that. I mean, Todd Munkin's going to run a different offense than Greg Roman. I said this last week, Rob, I guess I'm a little bit skeptical of the idea of Lamar running less, throwing more in this wide-open passing attack to Odell Beckham Jr. for $15 bucks to a rookie in Zay Flowers. It might work out fabulously. It might be fantastic. The spread offense might be ideal for Lamar because he gets the ball out quicker, gives him more room to run when he elects to run. But... To me, that sort of remains to be seen. We're going to have to see whether or not that is, in fact, the case for Lamar in this offense. Um, we'll see. I mean, that where where are they probably on the book, Steve, in terms of odds? Probably is that the? Did you say they're the, they're the sixth highest odds to win the AFC, Rob? I can't remember something like that. Well, well, Seattle was sixth highest to win um, the NFC. I believe Baltimore is right in that range as well, either five or six in the AFC. So. Again, it's the number that got my attention um, as opposed to all the other teams when you compare rosters. And one thing about the NFL, guys, is you don't have to be great out of the shoot. Um, you just have to be good when it counts down the stretch and into the playoffs. And maybe over the course of the season, as Lamar becomes more familiar with this playbook and with Todd Monken's offense and everybody gels, um, they get better down the stretch. So well, I can that- see a lot of positives. Yeah, that is certainly, Rob, what they are counting on. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Check him out on social media, at Rob Vino Sports. You know he's at Fezzik Sports, and I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.